Coming up today on David versus Goliath. Somebody will pay you $1.4 billion to solve a $10, $50, $100 billion problem. You really shouldn't be stealing from people, Barry. <laughs> More desk. Pick it up. Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with another amazing episode of David versus Goliath. We have a very special guest named Perry Demas coming up in a few minutes. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably in their all-in-one system of software, marketing, and consulting. Take the 120-second tour today at anthemsoftware.com. You will not regret it. We're so grateful. Also, big news. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you about it. My children's book is out on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Type in Adam DeGrade. That's D-E-G-R-A-I-D-E in the search bars in those sites. And this will come up. The Adventures of Jackson, the Young Field Mouse. It's awesome. Great illustrations, as you can see right here. It's a lot of fun. Teaches kids three things. Teaches them bravery, attentiveness, and gratitude. Those things are critical. Also, you can visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. You can subscribe to receive email updates there, as well as apply to be on the David versus Goliath podcast. And you can also ask DVG a question. Maybe it'll even be uh, featured on a future episode of DVG. Just simply go there, uh, type your question. It comes directly to me. And we're going to try to answer them on a future episode coming up over the next several weeks. Also, big news on the site, brand new shopping cart with DVG merch. That's right. You can pimp out some hats, some t-shirts, some hoodies, some cuffs. It's pretty cool. We're excited about it. I'll be uh, wearing some of those wares over the next several weeks as well, too, when I get mine in, finally. Looking forward to it. And that's there for you as well, too. But anyway, now that we got all of that out of the way, let's get right to it with another amazing edition of David versus Goliath. Perry Demas, welcome to David versus Goliath. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. Looking forward to it. They say that deja vu is crazy. I feel like we've been here before, and here we are once again. And I'm excited about uh, having this conversation with my audience, my watchers, and my listeners, because I know a lot about the medical space, but this is one part of the medical space that I wasn't really uh, you know, an understanding that there was a huge market. I think you would even say that you didn't realize that there was a market because the timing was perfect. But for the viewers and the watchers, let them know a little bit about CMT Solutions and exactly what you do. Great. So CMT Solutions, we created a hub uh, service model to assist with laboratories here in the United States. And what I mean by that is that laboratories have diagnostic tests, obviously, that they're performing once a physician orders their test. And insurance companies are um, putting up utilization management things like prior authorizations to ensure that the proper tests are being used for their members. And we come alongside the labs and the physicians uh, to help streamline that process for them. 
It's 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 fascinating because I got a buddy of mine um, who does did something similar in the title space. It was a company called Prop Logics. He was a few interviews back. His name is Jesse Biter, and he went into the space and he and he has a buddies that were doing it like for casino money. You know, they they found this thing that they could this niche, and then he came in and he started looking at this thing. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, we can streamline so much of this, and it could be." Everyone can save money. People can have a better experience. We can make a little money. It costs people less money. And yeah. the company went from like zero to 500 employees and he's off the charts. And that's kind of what happened with you, you know, because when you and I were chatting and I looked a little bit at the sheet, um, you know, you went from like zero to 85 employees and you started. When did you start CMT Solutions again? Four years ago. So we started it'll be four years in March. And um, kind of similar to that last example in that company, right? So I saw that this had worked in the pharmaceutical uh, industry with drugs, right? So we all see those commercials. Um, you may be eligible for a $5 copay on TV uh, from, for drug companies. So that's the same business model that we're utilizing just for the lab uh, side of the business rather than the drug side. It's it's a it's amazing all these opportunities that are coming up there. I was actually watching. Uh, I was on the on the elliptical this morning, and I was watching the commercial about. Oh, I can't, wish I could remember the name of it. It's Martin Short. He's doing the promotion for this this thing that saves you money at the, the uh, at the county, and he does this whole thing. He creates a musical for it. He starts screaming about people how they can save money before you use your insurance. Check this particular thing out to see if it's better. So we see that this convergence of technology is dramatically impacting a lot of these different supply chains and supply cycles that were happening. And you were telling me that it was kind of like serendipitous for you to end up in this space because you started a convention, which I want you to talk to the viewers and the watchers a little bit about that. You started a convention. You kept hearing this idea over and over again. And then regulations changed right around the same time and CMT was born. Give us a little bit of that story. Yeah. So um, I put on a conference for these same diagnostic innovators, these laboratories, and it's been going on for about 12 years now. And through that conference, obviously, I've been able to um, really work with interesting people uh, throughout um, the industry. So it's not only laboratories, but it's the regulators, it's the compliance people, it's the commercialization experts, it's the market, you know, the market access or the insurance companies, all those groups. So um, through that, like you said, Adam, um, about four and a half years ago, um, I kept on getting calls from individuals saying, hey, did you hear about the insurance companies aren't allowing the labs to do these prior authorizations anymore? They want the doctors to do them. That's going to be a really big issue for us because today we get paid for these tests because we do them. But tomorrow, when we can no longer do them, our doctors aren't going to spend the time and effort to do it for us, right? Um, so this is going to be a problem. What do you think we should do? And honestly, after a good six, seven, eight calls by different people all having that same problem, the light bulb finally went off on me. <laughs> it took you six or seven times. Yeah. You'd think I learned after a couple times, right? So I'm like, huh. I guess there's a problem. I, I think I can solve this, right? Um, and that's what we did. You know, it's funny because I, I, a good buddy of mine has always said, someone will pay you a million dollars to solve a hundred million dollar problem. Somebody will pay you a billion and a half dollars 
to solve a $10 billion problem. And when you have that solution staring you, some of the simplest ideas in the world are literally staring us like knocking on our heads every single day. And you just grab the bull by the horns. And you know what, man? It takes a lot to, to get out there and do that. But you haven't done it alone. You know, one of the things we talk about here on David versus Goliath is the power of not only having the right partners, but the right people on your team. I know you've got roughly around 85 employees. So in four years, that's pretty dramatic growth um, and, and probably Inc. 500 worthy at this point, I would imagine. Probably if you look back on year one revenue to where you guys are now, I'm sure it's just it's a rocket ship. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your partner, because one of the things that you said was he knew a little bit more about the industry and the business than you did at that point in time. And you brought him in. So I'd love to hear people love to hear how people became part of our company. Yeah. So right when the uh, light bulb went off, my first call was to Andrew Mignotti, who became my business partner at CMT. I told Andrew about uh, what I'm hearing and, you know, the company that I think we should start. And I, you know, at the time he was looking for his next adventure, if you will. He had just exited a company. He was CEO over there. And now he's looking to, into two or three different opportunities. And here I am bringing in a brand new opportunity to him. Yep, you yep. know, at the time it was just an idea, right? Hey, I think there's a, there's something here. Um, Andrew did his due diligence mainly by calling some major laboratories and saying, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And they said, "Oh yeah, it's going to be a problem." And once he got confirmation from the you know industry, um, he called me back and said, "Okay, let's do this." So um, that's how we started it. That is awesome, man! I will tell you, it's the convergence. It's I call it a happy accident. You know, my my dad's always had a saying um, for years: "It's a coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous." Right? That's right. Because you know yeah. you were you were in the right spot. He was in the right spot. And, and you, you mentioned that you're not the most creative cat in the world, uh, when it comes to, uh, ideas. And you started a convention in the old, back then and you said, I came up with this really creative name. What was that really creative name again? Well, it's for the diagnostic industry. So I called it the diagnostic conference. <laughs> Cause there and wasn't you'll one. This, yeah. You'll love this. So, um, CMT solutions originally was called cover my test. Now, how did I come up with Cover My Test? Because on the pharmaceutical side of the business, there's a company called Cover My Meds. And we were using the same business model as Cover My Meds. And Cover My Meds, when we just started, had just been sold, acquired by McKesson for $1.4 billion. And I said, let's just do that. So we, we call it Cover My Test. And um, we are almost getting a trademark. And then also we got a little letter from McKesson saying, that's a little too close to cover my meds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I am creative when it comes to branding. I got to tell you, folks, these are the things that people don't appreciate when you're trying to build a business, right? You know, you've got different personality types. Like I'm a marketer. So like, Perry, if you ever need an idea for a name of a company or like a slogan, like, you know, that's like, I'm only good for like five words after that. It's like, it's all, it's all nonsense. But that, you know, one of the things I love, like, so when we came up with Anthem Software, every business has a song, let our software sing yours. See, you need a creative cat like me helping you name your business and coming up with slogans. But hey, you know what? It, like I said, 
Somebody will pay you $1.4 billion to solve a $10, $50, $100 billion problem. And I think that's a very important point for our watchers and our listeners to note is that, you know, you don't have to be overly creative to have a great idea. And but you keep, really shouldn't be stealing from people, Perry. <laughs> and I you found that it. out quickly. Yeah, yeah. And as you know, I mean, the, the fun part of this whole thing of starting a business and, and seeing if it can, you can actually do something with it is, you know, working with people, right? So I know that. So now, do we have a vice president of marketing, and she's fantastic? And I'll throw out stuff to her, and she'll laugh. And you know what? She makes it sound good look good so now if you go to our website you know it's a whole lot better than what we started with let's put it that way it looks it looks great my instincts tell me the last thing i want you doing is building and designing my website (laughs) there's no doubt about that but you know what man and god bless her i can only imagine what the marketing meetings are like um you know it's but you need everyone and i think this is really important right so if you look at like how a wheel, a spokes in the wheel, there's many different things that keep that wheel intact. And at the center, obviously, is the, the, the lug nuts, right? And, and sometimes there's one giant one and then there's five, you know, five lug nuts around in a business. I tell people this all the time. But no part of that wheel is less important to keep that wheel on the road, right? So it's like even though the center is where the strength starts, it's held together on the outside as well too. And great people make all the difference bad people also make all the difference and i think we've experienced that all of us that have hired and recruited now you've got 85 people in the business um so that's not you know in four years that's a lot of people what are you using to uh you know hire them recruit them train them what is the process of them coming on board to cmt solutions well, unfortunately, that's another area that is not my strength. So God help us if I'm doing the hiring. Um, but really, right when we started, I went to folks, obviously, that I, I, I know, I trust, uh, have worked with in the past, right? So initially, the, I would say the first 10, 15 people really were known you know, entities to me. Uh, they knew me. I knew them. We actually liked working together and they chose to work with me again. So, but then after that, really to set up the system of, okay, how you can expand that, right? So for the next 50, next 100 hires, um, you know, obviously we have people and process in place to help us identify the right folks for the positions. And I'm just thankful that there's a lot of good people out there that can actually do a good job with discerning, you know, will this person fit in for, for me, honestly, Adam, it's less about whether or not they can do the job. A lot of people can do the job, but are they really going to be a good fit for us? I mean, we talk about culture, right? But at the end of the day, it's kind of like you really want the, the individuals who are driving the company all to be unified, right? Of what does this feel like? What, what are we about? Yeah, that's a really great point you made there, Perry, because many small businesses – that are watching and listening right now, if you took 85 of your employees and put them in a room and said, what does CMT Solutions do? Most businesses come back with 85 different answers because they've really not boiled down their corporate commercial to themselves internally throughout their people. I'm doing training with my staff this evening and tomorrow, my small new company that I started, about 12 of us getting together 
And from day one, they'll drink the Kool-Aid because everyone needs to know what we do, why we do it, and they need to be able to say it in 30 seconds or less, and everyone needs to say and do the same things because otherwise, they just make it up. And so for my watchers and listeners, if you have a business, try this. Take your employees in a room, give them a blank piece of paper, and say, in your words, what do we do? And then when you read them, you'll know whether you have a culture that people know what the heck is going on or if you have a team that's making it all up. What a great idea, right? I would highly yeah. recommend, Perry, that you that's awesome. you send yeah. your 85 people. That. Yeah, I love that, especially like you said from day one, right, Adam? And then um, I heard someone say, you know, vision leaks. So day one, it's important, but then, you know, is it every 30 days to reinforce what it is that we're doing and who? I think from my, from my expect, uh, experience, it could be weekly to start, yeah. you know, quarterly as time goes on. One big annual thing where you re, re, you know, you reset it. it. The most successful businesses that I've ever worked with, Perry, and that I've ever built, they know who we are. They know what we do. Most importantly, they know what we don't do. And then we all do it. And I used to get calls from my clients like, Adam, what do you feed these people over there? They all say the same thing. I call them. This one says the same thing. That's on purpose, Perry. It's critical. And we're going to take a break here, coming up on a break from our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about something else that I read on the pre-show sheet, which I thought was funny. You're, this is Adam DeGrade. I'm your host of David versus Goliath. We're with Perry Demas, learning amazing things today. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after the short message. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. Perry, Perry, the technology is working, and thank God it's working. Now, Perry, do you know what the shortest unit of time is? No. It's a honk a second. It's the time between somebody at a red light, the light turns green, and the person behind you beeps. It's called a honk a second. It's the fastest unknown unit of time, and what I read on the sheet is that's a little bit of a pet peeve of yours. And so I have been on the receiving side of this. I have been on the giving side of this. But you're mostly on the receiving side of this, if I, if I remember correctly. Is that true? I am on the receiving side of it for some reason. And it's not like I'm hanging out. I, mean, I know I live in Florida, but I'm not like the old guy waiting, you know, five seconds before I go. But, uh, you know, people are, uh, give me a little honk. You, well, you gotta, and my, I think my, my advice to you, Perry, is pick it up. Pick it up a little bit, man. The foot goes on the gas pedal. You can go quick. You, you probably have a car that's got a decent engine, I would imagine. You know what? Uh, if I had to be, you know, I'm probably looking on my phone. 
a little bit too often, right at the stop sign. Oh no! Let's hope. Let's hope Florida Patrol is not watching this. That's yeah, I know. That's a I no-no know. here in Florida, as you know. That's a no-no. <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny. It's funny. We all have our little things, and and uh, I'll tell you, man. That's how people get in trouble, though, man. At red lights, you you honk at the wrong person. You know, you give the person the little birdie single. Now you know that you're not supposed to be giving. You give that you give that guy or gal the wrong gal or gal that signal. You could end up in a world of hurt. So my recommendation, Perry, is when the light turns green, put your foot on the gas oh. and get going. <laughs> Let's okay. get going. And, I, and I'll wave to him. Exactly. <laughs> Just say, wave, wave, burn rubber and get out of there. It's uh, I'm usually <laughs> the one that's first off the line. Uh, but I have definitely been on the receiving and the giving side of that as well, too. Now, back to business, because I think that's probably why people listen to David versus Goliath. Although some of them do enjoy the humor and the fun as well, too. Um, I think, you know, when you think about what you've done so far with your people and you're at 85 people, if I remember correctly, you have 90,000, is it, it's not labs or is it providers that you work with or providers? Yeah. Providers, 90,000 providers. It's amazing. You work with labs all over the country. Um, there's a lot of process that's involved in that. I would imagine. Did you build mm-hmm. technology to streamline this or did you just create the processes manually first and then build technology around it? You know, when you're thinking about, how you found this niche, you found this idea, you solved this problem. I would imagine that there's an evolution from how you did it originally to how you're doing it now. Share uh, with the watchers and listeners that you know evolution of that process. Yeah, it definitely was uh, uh, an evolution. And thankfully, we didn't have to take major uh, changes or detours. We, we were able to keep on the path. But initially... Um, we started the business. We went out, got business before we could even do what we, you know, said we could do. So once we got the business, then it was very manual um, at first. And then for, that's really what we've been doing for the last four years. If I think about it, is putting the platform and the technology in place to streamline, automate everything that we could possibly do. And now I look back after four years, it's kind of like, okay, we really are a technology platform now. Before I would say we were a service provider, and now we're a technology platform. But that evolution has taken place because of some major um, advancements. But a lot of times, Adam, it was just the small little pieces. Like Andrew and I were, were talking just last night. It's kind of like the putting the puzzle pieces together um, to create the total picture. And now we have a total picture, which is not just about prior authorizations, but it's answering the question of like, how much is this test going to cost me, you know, before the, the doctor orders the test? I think that's the commercial that you you'd saw with Martin Short. I think that's good RX saying, hey, check to see how much this drug's going to cost you it, without your. And, and are there cheaper ways to get it? Yeah. So is that kind of what you're doing right now? Is that what you're working on? That's really what we have evolved to because if you think about it, we were all about patient access and prior authorizations just insert us into the, uh, you know, into the middle of the equation, if you will. But patient access is making sure that the patient gets what they need that the doctor thinks they want um, that would be beneficial for them. It's funny that you say that, Perry, because my doctor loves to order tests. This guy... I mean, every six months I'm doing this litany 
of 11 vials of whatever. I'm a pretty healthy guy, by the way, as you can clearly tell. I mean, I'm not like, you know, I'm pretty healthy. Um, but I never know how much it's going to cost. Never know how much it's going to cost. Fortunately, I have insurance. But there was, I guess, at one point, my lab st- stopped taking my insurance. I didn't know it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm stuck with a $3,000 bill. I'm like, $3,000? Like, I had right. no idea that it cost that much. And so I think, you know, transparency is critical. And I think, you know, there's actually, there actually been th- some things that have been passed recently for medical pricing transparency, which I That's think right. is going to be beneficial to all of us. Because if you don't know what things cost, you can't, you can't control the cost. It's like out of control. And all of a sudden you're blindsided because a lot of these, uh, these diagnostic tests, I would imagine, are not covered in some cases by insurance. Is that, is that true? That is true in many occasions. And a lot of these tests, it's no longer like a CBC test, which costs three bucks, right? We're talking about genetic genomic tests that could be three, four, five thousand dollars for the test, right? But it's really helpful because it's informative. The, ans- uh, the ancestry type of, type of test, is that, would that fall into that category? Is that a little bit of a different category? A little bit different. Yeah, more of like carrier screens, like for breast and ovarian cancer, for, you know, BRCA, for the women, you know, so BRCA testing has been out there for 20 years, but there's a prior authorization put in place to make sure that that woman is appropriate to get that test to make sure, you know, do are they predisposed to having ovarian or breast cancer or not? That's what that test really tells you. Got it. Got it. I, I, you know, it's fascinating, man. It's a fascinating industry. And uh, yeah. do you get up every day and you get excited? Like, do you have a sign that says, more tests, more tests? I mean, you wake up out of bed, you like give the test board a high, high five. I mean, I would imagine you get paid based on the volume of tests, right? Or, or, or am I? Yeah, that's no, correct, that's right? right. <laughs> yeah. So you love correct. testing. Whatever, yeah. whatever some, some bureaucrat says, more tests. Perry's going, more tests, more tests. I get to see, I get to see you. In your own Perry Demas way, dancing the night away to more tests. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, please stop the testing. We've got to stop testing for everything. It's insane. Yeah. Now, now, well, now you can imagine, you know, what I dream about is someday the private insurance companies are going to say, you know what? We're going to have to prior authorize these COVID tests because this is crazy. Now, if or when that happens... That'd be a happy day for for us. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I said for you. More tests. Now I'm afraid that because we use the word COVID, that somehow I'm going to be. They're going to take 18 years to review the video to make sure that we didn't provide any misinformation. I have no idea what I'm even talking about. I wouldn't dare talk about any of that stuff. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But I do know one thing, Perry. More tests means more money for you. And as a good friend of mine, Doctor Stanley Okoro, said. He said, we're not in it for the money, but without the money, we're not in it. <laughs> and I've always, I've always, I've always loved that. Now, uh, when you think about technology, you talked about technology. How are you getting the word out to, you know, to the providers of what CMT Solutions does and how they can benefit from it? What's, what's been your primary means of acquiring that 90,000 providers? And are there even more that you're trying to acquire? And what's that process look like? So initially, when we were signing up the laboratories, um, the laboratory representatives would all, we would train them and they would run out to their physicians and say, hey doc, 
We heard you. You don't like to do prior authorizations. We partnered with CMT. They're going to be able to do your prior authorizations. All I need you to do is enroll with them. So we had literally a few thousand sales reps that we did not pay, right? Um, and they were going out to the marketplace with, and, and visiting all the physicians and getting them to enroll. Wow. So that's how we started, which was fantastic. Then COVID came. And when those physicians were no longer seeing those reps, we built an account management team here. We're about six strong right now. And we have six people that that's all they do is enroll physicians day in and day out. That's amazing. It's amazing. You know, in, in business, we used to, we used to call it FOTS. It's, I know it sounds, it sounds silly. It's feet on the street. I think a better word probably would have been bots, you know, cause at least it doesn't sound like the other thing, you know, when you hear the word FOTS. But whenever we had, whenever I was acquired, my, one of my businesses was acquired by a private equity company. Every single meeting was, we need more FOTS on the street, more FOTS. And I was like, guys, please, we gotta, we got to come up with a different name. That's not really working for me. But in your case, those boots on the street made a huge difference. And that's fantastic. That's, it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, how different businesses in different segments grow, right? So mm -hmm. like, you don't really have a need to be on social media, but I would imagine you probably have a need to make people aware on LinkedIn and some business platforms or things like that, right? I mean, so is that, do you, do you do any of that for your business at all? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you promoting CMT solutions or is it just the word of mouth has been so powerful you haven't needed to do anything like that? I think initially it was word of mouth, but now that we have people uh, in the organization that actually know uh, what they're doing from a marketing standpoint, yes, we, we uh, have a concerted campaign on LinkedIn. In fact, later on today, we're, we're sponsoring a webinar um, and, you know, we get good response from that because we do want to be seen as an industry leader. What's interesting is most physician practices, uh, physicians are not so much on LinkedIn, but they're on Facebook, which makes sense because people are on Facebook. So physician and the practices are on Facebook. So we are active on Facebook just to reach out to the doctors. But our main focus really has been you know, through LinkedIn business to business. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn's a great business to business source. Facebook's a great B2C source. And, and you know, hey, my feeling is, you know, wherever people are, that's where you should be. <laughs> so, you know, community has changed so much over the years. It used to be, you know, it still is in a lot of ways at church and the church bulletins. You know, a lot of local businesses used to advertise. And I remember those days, I'm dating myself now, when I would go get a church bulletin. I always thought it was interesting that, my church at the time, I was Catholic at the time when I was growing up, had like advertisements for businesses in the church both. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess nothing wrong with mixing a little God and a little money, I guess. <laughs> That's the way I looked at it. And then, you know, so it was the town square, you know, the chamber halls, which are still great today, by the way. But then community moved online. I called it Google Town, Google Street, Facebook Town. And at the end of the day, you got to be where people are and you got to be relevant. Now, Perry, we're going to take another break from another sponsor. But when we come back, I want to talk to you about the courage it took to start this business. And, and the very first day you hung that shingle up, CMT, which you had to change to CMT Solutions. How did it make you feel? We'll be right back in a second. Here's another amazing message from another great sponsor right here on David versus Goliath. We'll be right back. 
Northeast Capital has an exciting new program we offer to equipment and software dealers. It provides you the appearance of a private label captive financing program. We call it Our Financial Services. Using Our Financial Services, you can offer your customers your own financing program, including industry-specific payment calculators and unique payment options. Northeast Capital administers a private label program tailored to you and your customers' needs. Learn how we can help you reduce receivables and qualify for your own private label finance program. segment with Perry Demas. Perry, this has been a lot of fun. Thank God we got a software that works. And this one's actually recording you and no problems at all. Thank God. And uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'll tell you, it's interesting. It's an interesting business. I feel like I've learned a ton today. Um, But the one thing I think people love to hear is what, what was it in you? You've had successful companies before, I believe, CMT Solutions. You've been in business for quite some time, had some success in business. But it's never for the faint of heart to say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a step out into the unknown. I'm going to have no revenue. Not, I'm going to figure out how to make money. We're going to figure out how to make payroll. And, and people don't realize, like that's a big leap of faith for people. And there's a lot of people locked in fear right now that watch and listen to David versus Goliath because they teeter-tot, right? They have a job. They've got this other thing they're doing on the side. It can almost sustain their lifestyle. They keep clinging to this old, clinging to the new. Next thing you know, they're stretched out like the, the old muscle man of old, you know, that, you know, used to scream at you when you stretched them out. And that's how they feel. But in your case, when you had the convention, you heard the idea over and over again. You checked it out with somebody who knew what they were doing. At some point, it has to go beside, you know, from concept to actually completion. What was it with you and your business partner that said, you know what, we're going to do this and it's going to work? You know, I'm thankful that I grew up in an atmosphere as a kid where my parents owned a restaurant. I'm Greek, so we owned restaurants, right? So, I mean, um, owning something was just part of my life. And I knew early on that I wanted to do something. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. And prior to CMT, I started a couple of businesses, um, and a couple have done well, and a couple not so well, right? But I'm a, I really am a person that um, I take high risk. What people would perceive as uh, risky, I don't see it as risk, honestly. I think it's really risky to work for a large company that all of a sudden they decide, you know what, let's get rid of ten percent headcount, and you may be part of that ten percent, right? Um, so I think it's more risky to work for somebody else. I'd rather work for myself. I know, um, you know, who I am and what I'm good at. Yeah, and you know the yeah. odds of get you you're firing yourself are low. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I just think it offers a lot of um, freedom. I think that's the word that comes to mind, right? I mean, at the end of the day, to be able to do something that you really believe in with people that you enjoy working with. Um, 
that's freedom to me. And that's, that's fun. It's less about risk. It makes, it makes all the difference, man, when you're doing something that you love and you're doing it with people that you care about. I mean, it, it really is. It's a lot of fun. It's like a family. I was interviewing the, uh, the guy who started the Small Business Expo, uh, Zachary Lesberg. And he said, you know, there's 18 employees in his business. And he said, you know, he loves doing business with them. He called themselves, we're a family. A dysfunctional one, but we are a family. And I thought that was interesting because business is a lot like family, right? You spend a lot of time with these people. We work with these people. And, and at the end of the day, we have to, you know, make the best of that time with the people that are around us on a daily basis. It's the right thing to do. Um, you know, if you come with a bad attitude to work, you're affecting not only yourself, but other people, right? You come with a great attitude and we can make it happen. You're going to affect other people in a positive way. So all that makes a huge difference. Now, the very first night after you and your buddy started and you got incorporated, you put your head on the pillow. How did you feel? Uh, Excited and nervous, which I think is okay. I always tell my boys, right? It's okay to be nervous. That tells you you're you're doing something that you're, you know, excited about. Just make sure that nerves doesn't overtake you. Um, and put you in a direction where it paralyzes you, right? I mean, use that nervousness, if you will, to your advantage. No doubt. That's a great, that's really, really great. You know, nerves are not necessarily bad. And it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be a little scared. And if you're listening and watching right now and you're at that place, that's good. Let that, let that feed you. There's an excitement, though, that happens when you think you've got a great idea. And, you know, does the company, this is a good question, because all of my businesses have started one way and have migrated and finished a little bit of a different way. Has this one stayed pretty true to the way you started it? Or is it migrating a little bit? It's it's interesting because the evolution of, you know, operational to platform technology and really where we're going now in order to ensure proper access to all these fantastic tests that enable personalized medicine is we're starting to work with the insurance companies, the payers, right? Because if we can help them um, understand these technologies and they do want their members to get this stuff, right? They just wanna make sure that they're getting the right stuff. And how can we come alongside them to do that and especially when it comes to price transparency too, right, Adam? Because at the end of the day, they don't want members getting a three thousand dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, right? that doesn't do anybody. That doesn't do anybody any good, right? If they don't, if you know, if you don't know what you're ordering and how much it costs, it just creates cu- customer service nightmares. Yeah, and what other industry? I mean, you don't go to a restaurant and you're like, "Well, I'll take that steak." Well, how much is that? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll we'll bill you after you eat. We'll let you know based on how much you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's and actually, your steak may cost different than my steak, yeah. right? And I always love it on the menu when it says MP. Mmm, market price. Oh, and I bet your market price has gone up. There's no doubt about that over the last year. We know that. But, man, Perry, this has been a blast. Have you had fun being on here? This has been awesome. I am so glad to have you. I love having different personality types because – you know, it, it's it's cool when I have a guy that's just like me, high energy and fun, but I also like it when there's different personalities because it really shows the watchers and listeners that entrepreneurs come in all shapes, sizes, different personality types, 
And, uh, and I think it's fantastic to recognize that, you know, when you look at a wheel and how a business operates from the core to the outside, everything has to work together in concert to keep that wheel on the road and to grow and go where you're going the distance in your business. So Perry, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is another amazing episode of David versus Goliath podcast. You hear some of the greatest stories. Listen to the greatest and smartest people. I really hope you appreciate it. I know you do because I do. And we'll see you next week on David versus Goliath. Have a great day.